0: All right, let's talk food. Welcome to Travel Mouth. This is your host, Jeff Ehrman. I'm joined today by my food friend, Haley. Haley, how you doing today?
1: I'm doing pretty good today.
0: Thank you so much for joining me. I really do appreciate it. It's always good to talk to you. I've, I've known you now, gosh, uh, over a decade, I think. Um, yeah. 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 You guys moved out to Colorado Springs and um, we had recently opened the tasting room at Paradox and then um, you guys popped up and... I'll tell you, when I first met you guys, I was like, "Oh, cool! I met some cool people." I was excited because you were bringing kind of that big city energy to town, and yep. uh, Colorado Springs kind of needs that. I felt like it needs people who've maybe traveled a little bit, who've seen things grow and and uh, improve, and and kind of want to bring that energy to town. I want Definitely. to talk a little bit? I want to talk a little bit about how you guys have done that. I've seen you guys kind of put that that into action, and 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 what you've done with your pantry. Can you tell us about that?
1: sure um yeah so we moved here from chicago in 2012 so now it's been almost 11 years which is wild um and yeah we've definitely gotten more involved in the community um cully my husband he is the uh He's like one of the chairs of Bicycle Colorado Springs or Bike Colorado Springs as they call mm-hmm. it. And he's the president of the organization of West Side Neighbors. So he's involved in a lot of local um uh, nonprofit organizations that work within the lo- local government as well, which is great to um advocate for multiple modal multimodal transportation, yeah, as well as just um yeah, as you mentioned, when it comes to you know, not not quote unquote big city thinking, but Growth thinking, um, diversity thinking, non-NIMBY yeah. thinking. <laughs> yeah. For those who don't know what NIMBY is, that means not in my backyard. And we are Yimbies. We want yes in my backyard. Awesome. Um, but yeah, so that's a little bit about what he does. And then, um, yeah, so I started, and I hate to say I started, because really it's more like I installed a uh, little free pantry. We call it the Pikes Peak Little Free Pantry uh, here in Colorado Springs, um, just- um, started out as a couple drawers in front of our house, next to the sidewalk. We've built it out now to include a custom-built uh, cabinet. A, we have a mini fridge. We have drawers. Now we have a garbage can that's always there. So that way, because if you haven't noticed, there's no public garbage cans anywhere anymore. Yeah, um, people and love it's a people squirrel-proof,
0: <clears throat> squirrel-proof garbage can. I saw that yes, upgrade happened recently. They have as well.
1: tried to chew in, and they have not been <laughs> successful yet. <clears throat> God bless their hearts. Um, just kidding. They drive me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I wish eating squirrels was like more common outside of Appalachia because I think it's it would be a very viable method of food. Um, yeah,
0: there sure, <laughs> sure are plenty of them running
1: around. Oh, and they're horrible. They eat all your vegetables in your garden. Um, but yeah, so the Little Free Pantry has been going since uh, late January 2021. So about two and a half years now. Um, we've been featured in the local papers, local news. Um, we've had some issues with the, getting almost shut down by the few, city. Two bumps
0: in the road, yeah. Yeah,
1: but overall, it's been going strong and good. nothing but, I mean, we have a couple of neighbors who aren't into it, um, but they don't live on my block. And the people on my block who I know, they're into it. The good. overall community in the west side, within downtown, with all over the city, I have people coming, whether it's giving or taking. Um, and just happy to provide a space. As I say, we steward it just to provide that space on private property. Nobody could tell us what to do (laughs) to, um, allow people to share food, toiletries, even clothing. Um, yeah, that's where we're at.
0: I remember dropping stuff off a few years ago and it being a place where, yeah, people were picking up, but like someone was coming by and Kali was helping them with their bike. And it really was like literally creating community right in front of my eyes. And I was just so impressed. I really got back in the car and was like, wow, this is, this is bigger than I even had imagined. You know, it's not just, it's not just food, it's food and people and community and connection and care. And, you know, that,
1: and that's really where it safety net is
0: sometimes used as a bad word, but I think safety nets are important. I really do.
1: Oh, and, and community, I think, is the main yeah. word that I take away. And it, obviously, mutual aid is the reason why we started this. I learned more about the Chicago Love Fridges, which are free fridges in Chicago, mm-hmm. and the Denver Community Fridges. And while I couldn't start with the fridge, we started with the pantry, and we do now have a mini fridge um, without a freezer, unfortunately. But, yeah, it's all about, you know, we only have each other, and we have to develop these systems of care with our neighbors. And through this, we've actually gotten to know our neighbors better. We've met so many people in different, whether it's awesome. nonprofits or organizations or their own mutual aid things, and people get inspired. They want to start doing something themselves. And yeah, it's really just created all these connections. Um And I feel like we're not talking about food at all, but it's related. We are. Oh, we absolutely
0: are. That's, that's the thing, is I think people sometimes think that a, a food podcast or even, you know, foodies talking about food is just mm-hmm. going to be about the the product itself. And really, I love talking about all the the other things, all the connections that are made through the creation of food, through the enjoying of food, through the sharing of food. I feel like there's all these opportunities there for us to go, hello, human, that I maybe don't have any other connection to. Let's let's bridge that for just a moment with this, you know, food. And and you guys, I feel like you're you've put that connection right out there to the world. You know, there's that, like, give a guy a glass of water kind of concept. You guys mm-hmm. have created this, like, you know, so much more than a glass of water. And I, the impact is is huge, uh, both in direct impact to the, the individual, but just impact, like you were saying, to the growth of the community. And, you know, just like Cully's trying to make his uh, impact in making it a more bikeable, more walkable city, which I truly appreciate that kind of work as well. Um, public mm-hmm. transportation in that city could improve as well. Oh, good and, time! And 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 I, and I really think that instead of just sitting back and complaining about it, taking the action that you guys are taking, um, you know, is amazing, and I applaud it. And I'm not a I'm not a Colorado Springs uh, resident myself, but although I I was sort of for a little while, I have a lot of friends who live there, including you guys, and and so it's it's great. You're doing it for you're doing it for all our friends, and I think that's awesome.
1: Thanks. And it's, yeah, thank you. Yeah. It's, (laughs) I know it's, it's hard. I don't want to take credit, especially as like a white straight woman. I'm not trying to tell people what to do. I'm not trying to be like, I solved hunger. Um, (laughs) if anything, if anything, I want to, I'm like, no, I'm going to use my position of privilege that I own property, not outright, but give me seven years. I will. Um, awesome. Good. (laughs) Um, Yeah, use my position of saying I own property in a neighborhood next to two major trails across the highway from downtown, and I'm not in an HOA, and I'm all within legalities, according to, like, um, code enforcements. So why not offer a space where people can share food? Why not have a garbage can? Like, it's such a simple thing. I can't tell you how many times people have complained to me, even in my own neighborhood, that, well, there's just a lot of garbage because of the pantry, And I'm like, all right, I'll solve it. There's a garbage can directly next to the pantry that I change out once or twice a week. And so I have seen people get into fights or arguments because someone else put something in their garbage can. And -hmm. it's like, who cares? Unless you are just filling that thing in two seconds. I'm sure you have room for like a bag, an empty wrapper, whatever. Like. Everybody wants to talk about all the issues, but nobody's again, NIMBYs, they don't want to talk about how yeah. maybe there's a solution that you yourself can also help facilitate.
0: Yeah. And... What if the solution is direct action? And then I think Literally. some people are like, yeah, some people are like, well, not, okay, not that though, but They're not like, but, oh, but, I, but yeah, but not that.
1: <laughs> I hate that, but I'm not doing it. So, someone else should do something about that. Right. And, and I also recognize that a lot of people like, yeah, if you're renting, you can't put up a pantry. If you're doing any, if you don't own property, that's not in an HOA, which is really hard to do these days. Um, you're not going to be able to do what you want. You're not going to be able to do the type of, um, the type of action we've taken with the pantry. I understand that, Um but yeah, it's usually the people who are in our situation who are the most vocal about how they don't want to do anything. <laughs> yeah. But I won't go. I w- I'm not trying to be too negative. We're gonna try to keep it positive today. Well,
0: yeah, and I, I like <laughs> I said, I think you guys are putting a lot of positivity out there with that that pantry. So I, again, awesome. You guys are food heroes. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to talk uh, about.
1: Oh no, you go ahead. Oh.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about uh, some uh, interesting stuff that you answered on your survey that I thought was kind of Chicago related, um, too. You got a you got a taste for some Chicago food for sure uh, when you were there. And, you know, I I'm always looking for places that do versions of things. It's like, oh, this guy moved from Chicago and he's doing an Italian beef sandwich. And it's it's just like Chicago. I've never had one in Chicago, so I don't know that I've had the true. But I know I know. Right. But you I got to <laughs> I've had I've had the guy who moved from there and supposedly he got the real recipe and whatever. So I've heard and they were good. But yeah, you got to tell me what it's like having a real one. And and obviously the Jardinera is important as well.
1: Oh, the Jardinera is key. Um, but yeah, I mean, both we both grew up outside of Chicago in the suburbs, in yeah. different suburbs. And um, but you know, the food just is all in that region. So, like there was there was a place in our where we grew up. In my hometown, called Beef Villa, and love it. literally because Italian beefs—that's what they sold at Beef Villa. In fact, Man. my sibling actually has a tattoo Get me an apartment of their nearby. logo. <laughs> <laughs> my, my sibling has a tattoo of their logo, which is like a little hot dog, like a little hot dog guy. Um, so,
0: <laughs> love it. They,
1: that they say that's their favorite Italian beef. Um, but yeah, Italian beefs, I think, are obviously when people think of Chicago, they immediately think deep dish pizza, which. There's a lot of people who live from Chicagoland who will be like, we never eat that. Like people don't eat that. You know what? I did sometimes. You don't eat yeah. it every day. It's a treat. Sure. But it's delicious. <laughs>
0: right. Well, how often and do it... you eat lasagna? You don't eat lasagna that often exactly. either. Exactly.
1: It's it's, it's it's that a... kind of
0: a thing for me. It's very rich and decadent, but yeah, you do it occasionally, of course.
1: Yeah, it's like you have you you have friends visiting from out of town. All right, we're going go oh, to go to Quads and oh, we're yeah. going to get some good right. deep dish pizza. There
0: you go. Um
1: and that's the thing with the Italian beefs, too, is like it, they're on every single corner. There's like a shop, you know, it's and then you find your favorites. And nice. um, I personally always get it dipped with the Um Cully, he sometimes gets it with the jardinera and the sweet peppers. And then he'll wow. also do what's called the Italian combo, which is where it's Italian beef with an Italian sausage inside. Oh. with all the other stuff on top. Oh, help me. I can't, I cannot eat that much. <laughs> he can. That,
0: that sounds so good. I mean, I'd try to eat it in maybe segments or something. I don't know if I could take down a whole sandwich like that, but that, that combo sounds amazing.
1: Yeah. There's, I love um,
0: sausage and peppers.
1: Oh yeah. That, I think that's why he gets the sweet peppers to <laughs> yeah. match with like the sweet peppers go with the sausage and then yeah, the jar there goes with, with the beef. Italian. Yeah. I love but, it. And, and I will say, I'll give a shout out to, uh, there's a food truck here in Colorado Springs called Girls Got Beef. And nice. they do legit Italian beef. I think they they get the real bread, the cannella bread from Chicagoland. Wow. Awesome. Um, I think they I think they make their own beef, but it's absolutely delicious. But then their hot dogs are obviously Vienna, and they get those shipped in as well. Oh, they're um, full
0: Chicago. Love it.
1: Yeah, and it's 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 the best one, the best beef I've had out here. So if you're in Colorado, Colorado Springs. Girls Got is. Beef. I think it's These Girls Got Beef. Food truck. Check out their Instagram, Facebook. I have not paid me for this. I just love it so much.
0: <laughs> I haven't had that one, but I have heard good things from them. I didn't know they were doing the full Chicago dog, too.
1: Yeah, full Chicago dog. They they do add some Colorado elements, like they will do a green chili that they make as well, which I'm sorry, Colorado, I don't get the green chili. I don't understand the hype. Oh, man, I, I
0: love it so much. That's fine.
1: It's I, I, I. I'll never forget when I first moved here, and yeah, you know, we grew up with actual chili, red chili, hell yeah, beef, sure, and beans, and all of that. Yeah, and we come out here, and I was like, green chili. All right, I'll try that. And I'm like, what's this soupy mess? Like, this is not. Yeah, you don't eat it by itself.
0: There, there certainly are some uh, interesting interpretations I've had of it, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I certainly left that state with a, a taste for it. Jeff and Brian from New Mexico oh, grew wow. up putting it, grew up yeah. putting it on everything. My, my uh, owners' friends at uh, Paradox um, yeah. put it on absolutely everything, and so we got to the point where you know every dish was like, okay, who's got the green chili? Like, what are we, were we adding green chili into this? And now with the uh, the restaurant they're running up there, they're throwing green chili into everything, Philly cheesesteaks and. And I and think all that that's jazz. what it
1: kind of is. It's like a regional.
0: It is um,
1: topping. Yeah, and I appreciate the heat. But it's it's I the jardinera. It's the jardinera of New I Mexico. was about to say <laughs> okay. that. I'm like, I would. <laughs> I, much rather, one step ahead, but I know you I would much rather there. have jardinera because I like the jardinera because it's cold and it's crunchy. So when you're having the hot beef, that sounded horrible. When you're having a hot tally beef, oh no, we know. You have you have the, <laughs> <laughs> you have the cold. Um, it's so you get like the mix of the warm and the cold. And then there's the crunch of the jardinera versus the, you know, just soggy meat, which also sounds disgusting, but I t- I swear it's good.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I know it's a texture thing, and I I really do appreciate all the different textures of of stuff like that. And I think that's why a dip sandwich can be really interesting, is there's almost yes. this window of opportunity to get the texture right. Like you kind of gotta eat it pretty quickly after the dip, too. You don't want to yes. really travel with it, or yeah, it's gotta be opened up and immediately gotten into, which I like the urgency of that.
1: And that's why, especially with Italian beef, you have to have that bread, that canela. Yeah. canella is the brand because it maintains its integrity.
0: Nice. Even
1: fully dipped. It doesn't fall apart. If okay. You add I've not more, had that. I've not yeah, had that. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you add more au jus, then yeah, it might start falling apart. But okay. usually, like I said, I get it. They dip the entire sandwich bread and all in the, jus, in the au jus. ajou. And then it doesn't fall apart because the bread is so chewy. And this is a pro-gluten household. We love gluten.
0: Oh, yeah. If it, it,
1: that that chewiness. Holds it together. Yeah, exactly. Gotta love Love gluten. Amen. Give me some bread.
0: (laughs) Well, you mentioned deep dish. You guys also really like, I know the the tavern style, because we've discussed this a little bit in the past. And that's. I'm not a huge deep dish fan, just like you. Every once in a while it hits the spot. It's the thing to yep. go for. But if I'm gonna have pizza on the regular, um, I kind of grew up with something, and I think because of where I lived in Ohio, it was sort of a, a spin-off of the Chicago tavern style, which was, you know, that party cut uh in yep. the squares, um, uh super thin crust, and then dressed all the way to the edge. Um and and I I think the reason I like it so much is, again, a texture thing. I feel like you get those corner pieces that are different and those inner yeah. pieces that are different. And you get to kind of play that game of like, I don't know, selecting each bite for its perfection and taking a different angle on every piece. I love square pizza. Um, some people hate on it. But tell me tell me about your love for tavern pizza. Where do you get that? Is there any, uh, any good tavern pizza near you?
1: Or is oh, yeah. that a
0: Chicago only thing?
1: Oh, no. There, so there's okay. a place here. Off of Eighth uh, Street and Twenty Four. Yeah, it's called Billy's Pizza, and it's owned by oh, a guy.
0: I've heard of Billy's. Okay.
1: Yes, his name is not Billy. I cannot remember his name. And where did it that come from? I don't know. Probably his dad. <laughs> okay. I mean, my okay. dad's Bill too. Everyone from the Midwest, if it's not Bill, yeah. it's Anthony, uh, yeah. which is my which is my grandpa's name. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So Billy's on Eighth and Twenty Four, and they do they do actually do a deep dish. I yeah, I thought they Chicago. did both. Yeah. It's not, it's it's okay. But their okay. tavern, the the regular, they don't even call it that. They just call it their pizza. Sure. Um, and I don't know how I think you mentioned the Ohio version is really thin. Yeah. So cause Chicago is a little thicker. Okay. So it's kind of like a medium between like it's not like that DiGiorno raised crust sure. garbage sure, sure. Like, where it's like all bread. It's like a perfect mix where it's like chewy, but it's got the crisp at the bottom. And yeah there's something about the sauce at billy's it just takes me back to chicago i don't know if it's because nice. they actually put seasoning on it and no one else around here does um and i don't know if something's wrong with new york no hey new york do your thing i cannot get down with that pizza it's too floppy if i have to fold it and have <laughs> to eat it no i need integrity i think that's what we're talking about integrity yeah, in my food it is. yeah and that's what and, and you mentioned the different cully is a middle person he gets the middle pieces there
0: you go see i love he that just game Wants
1: all the cheese and i love the corners and the crust the edge because i want that crust and then all of the yeah. sauce is all like built up right at the edge and i love yeah. the sauce i'm like the cheese is fine give me the sauce
0: i like that yeah i like that you're hunting for the sauce pieces and i feel like everybody kind of has that angle and that's why the party cut kind of works is no mm-hmm. one has the same game plan and so and everybody's, everybody's happy. Kinda, everybody's happy it's great yeah yeah, it's and,
1: a, we, and you can just put all the vegetables on it. That's how I like that, it.
0: That's my childhood pizza. And I do celebrate, you know, I, I got for a little while to live in Italy. And and so I got way into that kind of pizza too. But like, I celebrate all styles. But I think when I think like in my mind, the nostalgia pizza, it's going to be one of those. It's going to be cut into squares. It's going to be dressed to the edge. And yeah, I think ours were a little thinner. And then I even lived in St. Louis for, for a while where the style was to put that uh, Provel cheese on it, which is an interesting cheese do you know about that stuff
1: no i've never heard okay
0: of it's it's like a Velveeta type cheese but it's oh, no. um yeah I know. I know i know i i know i was i was already ready to get a rejection um but it's they, not real they even, it's exactly and and it doesn't really stretch either it just melts oh. really well yeah i know it melts really well and then it um they actually add here we go you're gonna love this they added a, a few drops of uh liquid smoke to it to flavor it i'm dead serious so it's provolone uh mixed with like uh i think like mozzarella flavors and stuff but it's done as a a way kind of thing like like fake cheese like uh delvita is yeah no so that's the that's the uh yeah emos is the the famous chain that does those but there are a lot of places that are using the prevail
1: i will say related to pizza i really am enjoying um like there's been a lot of detroit style here
0: yeah, which, which Rise to me of the Detroit is, is awesome.
1: It's it's kind of like a a more accessible version of deep dish, in my opinion, just with agree. more bread than cheese, because yeah. deep dish yeah. is more cheese.
0: <laughs> yes, and and deep dish, I mean, I gotta, gotta use a fork, and you can kind of get away with picking up a Detroit and, and eating it, you know.
1: Yeah, although I have eaten deep dish with my hands without a fork, because you just War? cut it. And... Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you just War? grab it. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: I didn't know that was possible.
1: Okay. I always fork it. and
0: knife in it because it's like a oozy cheesy yeah. mess, but
1: Well, and it depends on the where you get it from. Sure. Some are more oozy than others.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, some interesting morning combination that you seem to have come up with here. Now, I, I got to say, I've had these two things side by side on many occasions because I'm kind of like an English muffin with peanut butter person. And so I do that mm-hmm. quite often in the morning. I like that little shot of protein and then adding a scrambled egg to it on, next to it uh, is something I've done many times. Now, you would maybe put that on top with a piece of toast instead. So yes. tell us about that combination and how you came up with that.
1: I didn't come up with it. Um, okay. There who who showed guy, you that one? A guy that I was seeing. I'm not sure. even going to call it dating. Sure. When sure. I was before I met my husband, and he would get a piece of bread, toast, toast it, yeah. peanut butter, a slice of cheese, yeah. and then egg, like a scrambled egg on top. Wow.
0: And, and what was the cheese? Do you remember what kind of cheese? Are we talking like cheddar or something? Oh or just, yeah, a, just okay.
1: a, some kind of not American, but some kind of orange okay. cheese, probably sure. cheddar, um, but. Yeah, I and I, I was young and like, oh, I'm gonna, I want to be like the guy because I'm young and an idiot. So I tried it. I didn't do the cheese because at the time I was thinking I was lactose intolerant, which was just a way to, you know, diet culture eating. Um, sure. I'm not lactose. I mean, to a degree, like I can't have a milkshake, but I can have a yogurt. It's fine. I can yeah. have a slice of cheese, um, as we just talked about pizza for, you know, twenty minutes. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. <laughs> But yeah, I tried it and it's, it's good. It's it, the, it, the, the, the egg gets the peanut butter all melty. Yeah. And it's like, if you know that you are, you need a lot of energy for the day, if you know that, or you're hungover. That's going to get you a ton of pro calories, a ton of protein, and you're going to be set for like 4 or 5 hours.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to have that instant energy and then it's going to have that sustained energy too. So you get kind of uh-huh. both. That's that's a that's a good little start to the day. And I I have done that combo, but I trying them together sounds so interesting, not just for the flavor combinations, but also the textures you're getting there. You're going to get the gooey. You're going to get the soft, fluffy curd of the scrambled egg. You're going to get the crunch of the mm-hmm. toast. So I can <laughs> see that's, a, that's an interesting bite as well.
1: I will say I don't eat it too often anymore. Yeah. Um, now, my breakfast of choice, which people think I'm weird and is. <laughs> no, uh, you, I... <laughs> Haley. <laughs> I've, I've been told at work. Since when? And, um, that I'm very honest Nice, And I'm like, oh, I just say it how it is. But I I always have a banana and chips and salsa. For breakfast. For breakfast. Whoa. All right. Hold on.
0: I'm I'm calculating (laughs) that one right there. All right. Interesting. (laughs) Banana, chips, and salsa. Okay.
1: I'm like, well, I like the banana. Get a little sweet. A little, you know, get some fruit. And then really spicy salsa. So then like the banana. Banana checks out. out.
0: I just don't (laughs) know anyone who's combined that with salsa. So are you taking bites in between? Is it like back and forth? Banana salsa, banana salsa. Okay. Interesting.
1: Cause like it's really hot and spicy. So you take a banana. Cool it down with the banana. Exactly. And I just, I love chips and salsa. (laughs) And I, I, I'm someone who I don't like fast food. Breakfast is disgusting to me because there's no, it's all the same color. It's all the same texture. And there's no vegetables. I just really love vegetables. So I want my vegetable in the morning, which is my salsa. Nice. But then I want the chip. I want the crunch. And then I want the banana. So it's like, I really into like, I need all of the textures and flavors together. I don't like when something's all the same. Yeah.
0: I like how you're kind of, yeah, designing bites like that. It's kind of <laughs> like what we talked about before with the pizza. You're being like selective yeah. in your in your combination of textures to get that, that bite exactly how, how you like it. I think that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's like, or when I'm at work, I always have a yogurt, but with Chex Mix.
0: What? Oh, <laughs> nice. Okay, so <laughs> that actually is how I kind of broke into the yogurt game was that somebody put wheat germ on yogurt for me. And I was like, okay, adding a texture to it. Now suddenly I can kind of get with it, and I then I started sprinkling anything like that. Yeah, Chex Mix. Absolutely, that sounds great.
1: I keep them separate, but it's like a bite, a bite, a bite. Oh, okay. Yogurt, Chex Mix. Yogurt, Chex Mix. Just because, but like like savory,
0: regular Chex Mix, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because like I just I need that variety. Got to get like yogurt by itself is just so bland. It's like all the same. Yeah, texture one
0: one texture, one flavor. Yeah.
1: Give me, I need a crunch, baby. I need a crunch.
0: Yeah. And you're kind of, you're resetting your palate each time. Like you're taking it off that sweet note and, and sour note and back to something salty, savory, crunchy, satisfying. That's that's interesting.
1: I never thought of it that way, but that makes sense.
0: You're, you're, you're bite designing. I, I think that's kind of great. <laughs> Which is
1: funny because Cully is one of those people who eats, he eats in a circle on his plate. Like yeah. he'll eat all of one thing. And then all of the other thing. And then all of the other thing. And I'm like, no, you got to take a bite of each at a time.
0: <laughs> yeah, isn't that, that again, that's kind of the the party cut pizza approach. Everybody kind of has their different thing. And I find that interesting too. Uh certain foods appeal to me because they're like pre-designed bites like sushi. I really do do like sushi because it's like every single bite is sort of like designed to be impactful on that bite. And you don't have to put much thought into designing your bites. They're almost done for you. Uh, Mm -hmm. whereas with other foods, like you're saying, say it's like a, you know, Midwestern pot roast meal, you can kind of sit there and go like, okay, I'm going to get a little bit of onion on this bite, a little bit of pot roast. I'm going to go over to the green beans, add a green bean to it for crunch. All right, let's go over and visit them. Mashed potatoes. Let's get some mashed potatoes on there. So
1: so you've seen me eat then.
0: (laughs) Oh, well, I'm, I'm assuming based on, uh, you know, conversation leading up that that's exactly what's happening.
1: And that's like what I grew up on was like pot roast all the time or like those big like Polish sausage like links. Oh,
0: man, me too. Oh, my
1: gosh. With the mashed potatoes, with the canned green beans or the canned corn, which my mom like to get her to cook like a fresh vegetable is so hard because she just grew up with that. One of six Catholic Chicagoland kids like she still just loves frozen and canned vegetables and I, I can't do it.
0: It, it, the generation of convenience uh, really kind of changed the way America eats. And and yeah. canned goods, you know, they came to the rescue for a lot of families when oh, yeah. uh, they needed two incomes. Frozen foods, too. Same thing, you know, uh, saved a lot of kids late at night whose parents were out working to kind of keep things afloat. So I, I, know, I, I, there's appreciation there. But then again, it's like we're free from that now. We can do better now. Let's do better now.
1: Well, and I definitely <laughs> don't want to. Can I swear?
0: yeah of course okay
1: (laughs) i definitely don't i don't want to shit on people who eat canned or or frozen especially frozen vegetables because the going back to the pantry i mean we're talking like the the return on investment for frozen vegetables you're keeping all of the nutritional value and you know as long as you cook it well if you just boil it well you're don't do that but if you cook it well if you like cook it on a grill or cook it on the stovetop or even steam it like You're still going to get all the nutritional value of those vegetables and the canned vegetables. I mean, we're talking shelf stable. We're talking the ability to keep something for a while and stock Mm -hmm. up when it's on sale. I'm a huge I'm I don't call myself a couponer, but I'm really into going through digital coupons, using apps, getting sales. Mm -hmm. Um, It helps me keep the pantry stocked. It helps me. Well, it's it's not just me. It's mostly community, which is great. Um, But. We've been like with the cost of groceries, which we could get into that, um, you know, they've come down maybe 2% after they've gone up 700%. Exactly. And they want to be like, oh, well, they're going down. I'm like, yeah, they're still not anywhere near where they were. And Mm -hmm. I know because I've shopped so much for the pantry um, and just for ourselves. So I know how much everything is just in my head. And so I can see when things have gone up. I know exactly how much they've gone up and it's, yeah. So I don't want to, I don't want to talk bad about anybody who relies on canned. Um, But it's like, my mom is not at that point of, I don't want to even say poverty. She's just they, they can afford to buy fresh vegetables well, yeah, and it's not yeah. going to break the bank.
0: <laughs> yeah, time and time and money. And if you have those things then I encourage people to try to find better, fresher products, of course. And, yeah, you know, that's the whole idea of food security is that, you know, to be able to have things that are going to keep you healthy, going to keep you able bodied, going to keep you full of energy and, and uh, be able to do that at an affordable price. And we've done that to so some extent in America, by creating these like huge uh, companies that create things so so cheaply and so sustainable, you know, as far as shelf life, um, mm-hmm. like you were saying, and that's great and all, but I encourage people to step outside of that if they can as well. And and especially yeah. if it means supporting a small producer, um, you can make a huge difference in somebody's life in that way. Definitely. And so, you know, Definitely. the people who have, like you said, the people who have the, uh, the position and privilege to do that, I of course encourage them to do that so that we can kind of all you know, lift ourselves out of that mode of uh, just convenience and cost, and and really move the industry towards flavor as much as yeah. possible. <clears throat> and that's an exciting thing. I think that's part of you know happiness and and food are are somewhat connected in my mind. And I feel like you know if you're scraping the bottom of the barrel and you're you're just getting the cheapest of everything, that maybe you're not taking full advantage of that avenue for for personal gain and happiness. So. I, I definitely encourage that for sure. Um, but again, I also grew up eating some of that similar stuff. And, and, you know, it put me in a weird position of thinking I didn't like things that I now absolutely love. So, totally. for instance, asparagus. I didn't think I liked asparagus because I'd only had it out of a can. Or boiled. Right. And so my first experience having like properly peeled, uh, snapped off. Yeah. Sautéed cooked in butter with a light sauce. I was like, oh my God, I think I like
1: asparagus. That was me and Brussels sprouts, baby.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I guess that's the second part of it is I encourage anybody who, uh, you know, adventures into fresher foods to like be adventurous, have that spirit of, yeah, maybe, maybe I didn't like Brussels sprouts before. Maybe I didn't like, you know, whatever it was, broccoli, whatever, but try, try it again. Um, maybe you didn't have the best version of it.
1: Yeah, and with the internet in our pocket, you can Google how to cook it, and it's it's so great. Like, yeah,
0: break out that air fryer.
1: I mean, I don't, we and here, we actually don't have an air fryer. Oh, you
0: do not? Okay, no. Okay.
1: Um, we just I don't have the room on my countertop at the time. Yeah. but yeah, like, yeah. Have yeah. A, we have a rice cooker and a which we use a lot. Which I love my rice cooker. Awesome. Um, and then our um, toaster oven, which we don't even own a toaster. We just have a toaster oven, and it is yeah. We use that almost every day and we almost never, we, we, we use our microwave so infrequently that it's in our hallway because we don't use it at all. And,
0: and air fryers are literally just toaster ovens with fans. That's all it okay, is. So cool. Yeah, I got my toaster you, oven. I'm happy. You, you got one. Yeah, you're good. you good. <laughs> That's what I, I saw. A lot of the early ones were tested against toaster ovens and in, in some applications, the toaster ovens came out ahead. So it was really like, Hell yeah, you know, just this fad thing of, yeah. Exactly. I mean,
1: and we got like a super old toaster oven that I think Cully's had since college. It's not digital. It's but I'm like, good, it's not digital. I can use this thing forever. Like it's never gonna die.
0: So let's talk about a, a dish that uh, kind of comes from your family, the chicken paprikash. Yeah, yeah. I I I have had that twice, I think, in my life. It, it maybe, maybe more than twice, but I think only twice. And I loved it. And I know it's definitely a labor of love, and you you feel it when you eat it. There's a lot of um I don't know. There's a lot of layers of flavor in it. Uh, things that take time that can't really be cheated. And so I, yes. I really appreciate a good version of that dish. Tell us about your experience with chicken paprikash.
1: Yeah. So, well, first off, I'll admit there are different kinds of chicken paprikash. Sure, sure. Um, one of my, one of our friends from Chicago, his family makes it, but they make it and it's red and ours is not red. Oh, okay. Um, I had it
0: red. I think I've yeah. always had it red. Okay.
1: Yeah. And I, I even had, there's a, there's a Polish restaurant near us. That Um, or european but they do like polish and they had their own like hungarian paprikash and it was the red version which and and so was was your red a little thinner
0: yes yeah that's how this
1: was while yeah the version we make came from um so my my paternal grandfather is first generation american and his parents were from austria hungary because that's what Mm -hmm. it was back then um and so his his wife, my grandmother, learned to make it from his parents. And then she's passed it down to my mother. Mm-hmm. And one of these days, Cully will learn it, even though he, he's the cook. Cully is the cook. He's a great chef. Um, I don't like cooking that much unless yeah. it's cold, like guacamole or if it's like baking cookies, because um, it's very precise. But cooking, I'm just it's there's no rules. So it makes me anxious. <laughs> yeah nice i will say cully's taught me a lot and so now i feel more comfortable cooking um but i'd prefer for him to do it because he likes it and he's good at it so i want my mom to teach cully how to make it because we have we have i like that we have written down instructions which are very very loose (laughs) so it's kind of a passed down by word to mouth yeah or word of mouth sorry um But yeah, so the way what I've been told for my dad, um, because it was his parents, was that it would be like something done all day. And apparently they used Mm -hmm. to live like his his dad grew up like kind of near like the stockyards in Chicago when they used to exist. And so like they would take a chicken, kill it, cook it all day while you're making the sauce. And now, obviously, we just buy chicken at the store. Sure. But um, yeah, the sauce takes all day um, and our version is more of a, gosh, what color is it? It's it's like very sour creamy, so it's okay. thicker and it has paprika in it. So it has a little bit of a red tw- twinge, but it's more cream looking. Okay. A lot of salt and pepper, a lot of up flavors, onions are cooked down all the way. You can't even tell there's onions in there anymore. And, um, the best part though is, and you cook the, and you cook the chicken in the sauce. So the chicken's Mm -hmm. like super tender, falling off the bone and you rip it up into little pieces and then you put it in the sauce, which is like your broth. And then the best part is they make the homemade drop noodles. So they make the dough, you put the dough on like a cutting board over boiling mm-hmm. water and you use just a little knife to like cut little pieces of the dough off and just put it in the water little piece of dough put it in the water and so you're just dropping the noodles into the water and they are so good
0: <laughs> that's the, that's the best part it absorbs all the flavor from the oh, from the sauce and, yeah
1: and they also uh, well they expand in your stomach so you have to <laughs> like eat it really fast
0: yeah to avoid like getting this, full
1: yeah. yeah. And you're like, it's so freaking good. I just want to eat it, eat it, eat it, eat it. And then you're like, oh God, I'm so much pain. But it was worth it because it's so delicious. Awesome. But yeah, so it's just this broth, which ours is a little creamier, um, peppery, sour cream, and then the chicken. Then you shred the chicken and put it in the broth, and then you put the drop noodles in. So, like everything's separate on the table. You have the broth, you have the chicken, you have the noodles, and you mix it all together yourself in your bowl. Oh, it's so delicious. Um, and my parents just moved back to Chicagoland tomorrow, so now I have to go all the way there to have it.
0: <laughs> well, let's let's transfer into the uh the, the sandwich version of that that Wendy seems to offer.
1: What is that?
0: The spicy chicken sandwich. Oh, <laughs> I love that. That's like the uh, the Americanized uh, equivalent of of chicken paprikash. They're like, okay, peppers, chicken. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we heard enough. We so heard enough.
1: Our, our chicken paprikash is not spicy at all.
0: Yeah, but lots of lots of paprika, lots of salt, and yes. pepper. I mean, as far as that region goes, it's like yes. let's throw all the spices we can in here.
1: Totally. So you know, um, we got to turn yeah. that up a little bit. I always add like we always. There's a lot of pepper in it. I'll say that. Not like, there. You just go black pepper. So. And of but course you pepper do pepper.
0: like that. You do like that Wendy's chicken sandwich, though. To be clear.
1: Oh come on! Who does not It's the best chicken sandwich. I'm sorry, Chick Fil A. Who? I'll never any, give them. Any, they ain't getting a dime of my money. I'll tell you that.
0: Any modifications? Or are you straight up uh, lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise? Like lettuce everything's mayonnaise? on there. Okay. I used
1: to. I used to cut out the mayonnaise when I was younger. Again, stupid yeah. diet culture bullshit. Yeah. Um. But now it's like, no, put the so mayonnaise much better.
0: on. Yeah. Yeah. Give me that, that.
1: fat. Yeah. yeah, give me that. I wish I wish I could get more lettuce and more tomato. I would add more of that if I mean you know they what? Probably I've never would. asked. i never will. asked. I'll oh, ask hit you up. next time.
0: Yeah, they will.
1: Give me extra lettuce and tomato because I need a little more crunch.
0: Yeah, they'll do it.
1: Gotta add that crunch.
0: Yeah, just alter best. that ratio. Again, you're controlling the bite. Try altering that ratio a little bit, and you're like, yeah. Yep, this is the bite right here. This is how it's gotta That's be from it. now on.
1: It's the be- it's a best chicken. I'm just saying. It's so good. <laughs>
0: They've been at it for a while, too. That's the thing is I think other places have tried to step up their chicken game. But when you look at the premium chicken sandwiches at Wendy's, they've been top of the game for quite some time. I would agree. Both in flavor and just quality of chicken is quite good.
1: Oh, yeah. It's it, it's like an actual piece of chicken. You're like, wow, exactly. and rip this. Which, and it's which not, no one was
0: doing. Yeah, no. everyone was doing the, the pieced back together chicken for the longest the McDonald's time.
1: McDonald's garbage. Exactly. And you can I get mean, that
0: at Wendy's. They've got that cheap one you can get to the whatever yeah. they're like low-end chicken sandwiches but let's let's not talk about that
1: no we, I, I am privileged enough to be able to buy my own spiced chicken sandwich <laughs> although so, if they have the deals i'm gonna get the deals so
0: yeah yeah i'm there i'm there with that too um something that we agree on is is dry drinks um i it took me a while to kind of understand my pov on on beverages you're like oh wow i really like lambic and i really like saison and I really like you know certain bourbons, but why do I look like these bourbons over the other ones? And really, it's it's that dry. I just want everything dry, and if it's oversweet, I feel like it ruins the experience for me. And even cocktails in general, I've kind of avoided a lot of cocktails because they just lean so sweet for me. And I can order yes. them now. I'll I'll say, can I just get that a little less sweet? And that that usually changes the game for me. Um, tell us about uh, some cocktails that you like. I know you love a last word. Oh yeah. What, what is oh. a last word? Remind me what's in that.
1: Last word, classic, classic cocktails. Super, super classic, right? Yeah. Over 100, 100 years, years old, old, I'm sure. Okay. Um, around that. Probably came up in the early uh, early 1900s. So it's equal parts for ingredients. So, I, and I don't know if it's an ounce or an ounce and a half. I can't remember. Or 70 or 0.75. I can't yeah, remember. If it's,
0: yeah. If it's equal, it doesn't matter.
1: It's however much you want. Exactly. You want a big one? Two <laughs> exactly. ounces. All I right? think it's
0: two ounces each. Yep. You're going to be
1: on the floor, but it's good. That is so, the last that's a, word. That's the, it's why it's the last word. It's 75% <laughs> yeah. alcohol. So, oh, it's nice. Only, okay. It's 25% mixer. It's
0: like the original and, Long Island iced tea, I think.
1: It's better. Um, okay. So, uh, equal parts gin, uh, maraschino liqueur. So, not cherry liqueur, but maraschino liqueur. It's clear. Sure. sure. Um, green chartreuse. And then lime juice. That's it. Wow. So lime nice. juice is your only mixer. Jen Everything else is alcohol. Juice. That's
0: just botanical rock, rock and roll. Like so much botanical. Well,
1: flavor. and that's why that maraschino comes in. It gives it a little yeah. bit of sweetness, but not too much. And that lime juice as well. It gives it a little sweetness, but also the the bitter. Yeah,
0: there's your sweet and sour. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Exactly.
1: It's I I first had it in Chicago at Longman and Eagle, which is a bar restaurant that's Michelin star rated. Awesome. Um, and it was only a block from where we lived. Very cool. And if you're ever there, it's in Logan Square. Highly recommend if it still exists. They have um, they actually have six hotel rooms upstairs that you can rent out, which are also really cool. Um, wow, not kid friendly cool at all. So, okay, just saying that, but yeah. <clears throat> and if you stay there, you get uh, a free drink token and um, preferential oh. treatment for seating because they don't take reservations. Nice. So if I would highly recommend staying there, it's a good fun time if it's just like adults and you're ready to go eat and drink, which. Chicago, I'm sorry, some of the best food in the world. Man,
0: I need a Chicago trip badly. I mean, obviously that's that real Italian beef needs to happen, but yes. yeah, I just I, I think there's a have, lot there I want to do.
1: Have you ever had a pizza puff?
0: Um, because they're everywhere now, I have actually. They've Are traveled they? quite a bit. Yeah, they we have them in gro- in uh in gas stations here, actually. And it's okay. the real brand and everything. Yeah.
1: Because I have I haven't not had one. seen them.
0: I haven't had one in Chicago, but I've I've had them here in Washington, which is kind of I mean, crazy.
1: they're absolutely disgusting, but they're good. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it's, a, it's a it's a donut, pretty much. It's a donut with, like, pizza it, stuff squirted it in it. It makes
1: me think of, like, elementary school food.
0: It is, yeah.
1: But, but anyway, uh, we're talking cocktails, it's, right? It's sinful. <laughs> well, yeah,
0: and, you know, I, I think one of the reasons I've written off a lot of cocktails is because I didn't think I like gin. And so I'm like, oh. okay, don't even look on that page of gin cocktails. But then... I feel like gin has changed a lot over the last decade or so where American gin makers are really kind of stepping in and going, OK, it doesn't have to be, you know, Bombay. It doesn't have to be that list yes. of botanicals. And so yes. I really like where gin is gone. And that I think that makes the last word as a cocktail more intriguing to me because I start thinking about these more citrus forward versions mm-hmm. and how that would work in that cocktail. And I I think I want to try one with like a good American gin or or maybe a just a good gin in general. Who who are you liking? Producing gem these days? Oh
1: gosh, there's, there's, there's a few. So obviously, and I would agree. I just going back to that. um,
0: Yeah.
1: So many people I know are like, "Uh, Christmas trees," and I'm like, "Okay, well, you've only had Bombay." Yeah. Um, And there's other brands now, and it and it is hard because if unless you're going to a kind of like a higher end bar, most places are are only going to have Bombay and uh, what's the other one? Sapphire. Uh, um
0: oh yeah yeah sapphire yeah
1: yeah so they're only gonna have those two and then you know some garbage well that don't touch it's just lighter fluid um so i get it if you're not if you're not going to places that are higher end. if you're just going to dive bars like it's not going to be anything good um but there's so many good ones now in fact i do (laughs) i have a tattoo on my arm that is the um the main botanicals that kind of differentiate um one Of my favorite gins, gin Hendrix, nice, and which I want to go to Scotland so bad just to go to their distillery. Um, but so they're like unique botanicals that kind of separate them is that they put um Bulgarian rose, cucumber flower, and obviously Whoa. juniper, but it's like the Bulgarian rose and the cucumber flower cucumber that flower. gives wow. it, yeah, so it gives it a little bit of a, a flavor. And they've been making some crazy different like versions of Hendrix recently sure. with all different kinds of botanicals which I've been trying them and they're really good um I their their marketing team is great but I won't get into that um yeah. so but yeah some great gins my I think higher than even Hendrix but insanely hard to find is a gin that's made on the western slope of Colorado called Cap Rock
0: yeah and, I'm familiar actually
1: oh my gosh I
0: I met the owner and they that's an estate uh, product too. They do that on their estate. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, amazing. I, I all think they it.
1: also make ciders, and that's they and do. That's what they specialize in.
0: Yeah, spontaneous ciders, even is what yeah, the owner told so, me.
1: Caprock has apple in it. Yep. And it's it's the one gin that I could almost drink straight with an ice cube. It's so smooth. The botanicals with that apple just gives it that little bit of sweetness. And yeah,
0: I've had it. It's spectacular. It's it's, it's when I talk about shit. the good American ones. I'm honestly I was he was in the back of my mind. It's so funny that they got brought up because yeah. I haven't had a whole lot, but that one was what kind of opened my eyes to the fact that they could be different, they could be better, they could be something yeah. really special. So
1: and there's there's so many little distilleries around the country now. Um, I mean, even here in Colorado Springs, I don't know if it's made here any. I don't think it's actually made here. I think it's just um, infused here. Yeah, yeah. But obviously Lee's Spirits, which sure. they've sold recently. But I mean, when if you want just a good solid gin that's great for mixing in cocktails, their regular gin is it's great. It's really smooth. It doesn't have nice. a lot of that bitter taste. Um, but honestly, they do um, two specialty gins. Their strawberry ginger gin and their lavender gin. Wow. Wow. And I've only recently lavender. Yeah, the lavender gin is probably I I could drink it every day. I just mix nice. it with a little seltzer water and ice, good to go. And the lavender flavors, if you don't like lavender, you're gonna hate it. But if you like it's, lavender, in the right really proportion, good. I can
0: handle it. Sometimes it goes a little soapy for me if it's too much, but if it's oh yeah, if it's light, and then I can I can dig on it.
1: Very smooth. Yeah. And I just, yeah, a little bit of seltzer water, my lavender gin, my little nightcap. I'm happy.
0: I like it. Can we talk about market day? Cause I, I feel like there's an interesting I feel like there's an interesting connection between what your mom was doing through food and what you're doing currently. And I, I kind of want to like end on that note of uh of of how market day maybe even set that in your mind at an early age of how you can connect to people through food.
1: I didn't even think about that. Look at let's, you. Let's talk
0: Let's talk Market Day.
1: So Market Day, which I didn't know that it kind of still exists, but oh, Market cool. Day, yeah, I, I Googled it because I was like, I, I couldn't even remember. I I couldn't believe I remembered what it was. Sure. Um, but yeah, Market Day was this thing that was either like, I think it was w- about once a month at my elementary school. And my mm-hmm. mom, I don't know if she was running it or if she was just like one of the biggest volunteers of it. Sure, sure. But it was a fundraiser for the school. So you would pass out. This is the early 90s. The kids would receive the paper and like the, the catalog and parents would pick out a variety of frozen foods, whether it was breakfast, lunch, dinner. So any kind of frozen foods from like waffles, French toast sticks. I remember the French toast sticks fondly. Pizzas, um, even like steaks and burgers and oh, just nice. everything is frozen though. Mm hmm. And yeah, you just, you, you make your order and some of the money from that goes back to the school. And then once a month, the big truck comes and my mom was like the biggest volunteer. So she'd come And set out all the food for all the different orders, and you just show up, and you either—I don't know how you paid back then. I didn't pay attention to money. It was probably you paid there. Um, (laughs) Sure, wrote a check. Yeah, it was literally probably a check because like you didn't—you filled out a form. (laughs) Right. There's no digital. There's no internet. This is 1992. No, No,
0: you probably (laughs) stapled a check to to the order.
1: Guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed.
0: Those were the days.
1: Yeah the market days. And exactly. (laughs) So, um, yeah. And then they'd pick up their food and I just remember being in the gym because they'd set it all up in the gym and everyone would come and get their food. And there was this, this thing that we used to get all the time and God, I, I, I would eat the whole thing, which I'm like, that could not (laughs) have been good for me as a child. Um, Mm. but it was like, I don't want to say a pizza, but it looked like a pizza but it was only cheese and bread, and then it had a marinara dipping sauce in the middle. But when you cooked it, it like expanded and got like really tall and big, but it was all nice. air inside. <laughs> and I would eat the whole thing. I would dip it in my little marinara sauce and sit in front of the TV and, yeah, eat my market day. I don't know what the hell it was called, but cheesy bread. Yeah,
0: but I I feel like that experience, like even the getting to eat something that you enjoyed from it is gonna solidify it even more as like this is a good event. Um, you know, you can expand that out over the other people and go, well, shoot, if I'm enjoying this, they're enjoying it too. Look at all these people showing up. My mom's helped making this happen. And I think you Mm -hmm. can, you know, as I grow older, I try to find ways to tap into those joys that I found, you know, even as a child. I love to travel so much when I was a kid. That's something that I do now to connect to kind of that, that same feeling. And I think that you found a way to kind of tap into something that you found joy in as a kid. And I think that's kind of great.
1: Yeah. I, I had just totally forgotten about it. And I, I, I too much drinking in my twenties. My memory is <laughs> shot, but <laughs> every so often I'll, I'll have these little like brain zaps of remember that thing. And I'm like, Oh, I do remember that thing. Um, yeah, just a, a fun little thing. And my parents were always doing volunteering at the school. And so here, here's a side, yeah. a fun side yeah. story that I didn't yeah, yeah. include in my thing was that my, my dad, we own it now because they didn't feel like moving it back. But it's like a big popcorn machine. I'm talking the kind that you would see it in, not as big as a movie theater, but the kind that you literally like you swing it down and all that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so and it says popcorn on it and it's so old at this point because they've had it since the 80s or now we have it um but we would bring that my dad would bring that to any school event and make popcorn for all the kids and but the the best part is i'm always like where did you get this and he would literally to this day and i think he i think it's true it fell off a truck yeah (laughs) and in chicago somewhere in the burbs yeah,
0: somewhere near yeah so we're in According, the burbs sure i sure, want to sure. ask my
1: dad again because i'm like i need to get the details of this but from what he truck. said it literally fell off a truck and my okay. dad was like i'll give you like a hundred dollars for it or something yeah or 50 or god knows what it was back then sure and he's like okay and then he ended up with like this industrial popcorn machine beautiful so, and and yeah. then,
0: and then he was able to uh, volunteer at events and use it to connect to people through food. I exactly. see the vein running through your family. I, exactly. I understand now. You know, and it's kind of cool because I didn't know everything about where that drive came from. I, like I said early, talking to you tonight or today, even was that I felt like you guys brought that big city energy of like, uh, we can do better. We can we can be part of the the change. You know, instead mm-hmm. of like let's sit back and complain about how this city um, because it's a military city, doesn't have a bunch of permanent residents. It has a lot of transient culture. Um, instead of yeah. just sitting back and kind of accepting things the way they are, uh, you took the proactive approach that your parents took and, and used food to kind of create community and, and build what you want to see instead of complaining about what you do see. I think that's, that's a powerful thing. And I, I, want people to kind of support you guys and, and your mission to, to make Colorado Springs a better place, but then also to take that message and, and apply it at home, um, yes. take that direct action yourself, look for the needs in your own community and, and find a way to, to contribute.
1: That's, that's, that's really what it is. Cause not everyone lives here. If you do live right. here, right. check us out, Pike, Pike's, Peak Pant- Pike's Peak Pantry, <laughs> at Pike's Peak Pantry, Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Um, follow Make us a donation. Um, yeah and we we don't we don't take cash but we take gift cards to like grocery stores or you can just drop off food toiletries very cool. um very cool i would say anything but fresh or fresh meat um or alcohol please <laughs> like, <laughs> please don't <laughs> give us alcohol because it is just sitting out on the sidewalk. Um, I have found alcohol in the pantry, and I've taken. It I, out, I was so. going to say, if you're
0: say if you're saying that as a as a warning, then I bet you've already found alcohol out there.
1: Yes, uh, but but back to your point, that's that's what I tell people a lot is because you know so many people come to me like, oh my gosh, I just love what you're doing. Like this is so cool, and I'm like, I'm no one special. I I did not grow up with like I did not work in a nonprofit background. I don't have experience. Doing any of this, I just said I think I could put out a couple of drawers and write "free pantry" on it and yeah. advertise it online. That's I mean, how you, I do that's how you do
0: it. You just I do have
1: it. yeah, you just do it. I mean, again, if you if you don't own property, you'd have to get the approval of your rental community. If you sure. live in an HOA, good luck. Um, ah. I'm very I'm anti HOA personally. Um, just knowing all, check out John Oliver's story on it if you haven't seen that already. But yeah. Love, John. Yeah. If it, otherwise, or, you know, maybe you run a small business or you work at a small business and you could talk your um, where you work into either doing a food drive or, um, yeah, there's just, there's so many opportunities for little steps that take barely any energy. Um, and you'd be and shocked. H-
0: huge impact in people's lives. Huge impact.
1: Be- and let's be real. It's going to make you feel good. Like there's oh, a reason yeah. we do this. It's yeah. you're getting some satisfaction out of it too, because it's making you feel good. That's why anyone does anything. Nothing yep. is, which is, and not that's not bad. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's not a bad thing. That's how it should be. Because if we're all helping each other and we're all coming together and we know we can go to our neighbor when we need something, then it's just a give and take forever. Um, so, yeah, yeah. you can do it. Put a little keep,
0: keep pushing back, people. Let's let's yeah. keep community strong. I love it.
1: Yeah. And even if it's not food, like literally put a garbage can out with a line. Yeah, let's I do that.
0: The, the Yeah. Just the fact that that is such a big change. Like, you know, I, I agree. Some people are just like, there's trash everywhere. It's like, well, then where's a single garbage can that's not locked up? Like, look, yeah. there's a dumpster right there, but it's locked. Uh-huh. So where where are people look how there's trash next to it because yeah. people can't even they're trying But they can't even put the trash in the trash can because the trash can's locked. So I get
1: it. Something I love to do is I got a little wagon and I put a garbage bag in it and I walk around my neighborhood and I pick up garbage. So I'm getting like outside, I'm getting fresh air, I'm moving my body, I'm feeling good and I'm also picking up garbage. And so I know it's going to go, you know, it's not going to be in our gutters and it makes me feel good. And both physically and mentally. Taking
0: direct action. Thank you so much, Haley. And thanks for joining me. I really had such a fun time talking to you. I, I know we've been friends for over a decade, but I think talking like this has made me kind of get to know you better and understand you. And I, I really do appreciate that. So thank you.
1: Thank you for uh, for having me and for keeping me on track because you know me, uh-huh. I'll, I'll go. I'll go. I got 20 more rants in my brain.
0: Dude, that, right was, now, that was so. great. Well, we'll have to have you back for those other 20. I, I think that'd be a good idea. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> Haley.